What's going on, guys? Your host, your boy, George McKay, back in studio again today. It's October. It's spooky season. And I got somebody who's not spooky, but I consider her to be the future of wrestling. Some would even call her a prodigy. I know I do. And I picked her to win the ROH Women's Tournament. And you know what? She lived up to all my expectations. Please help me welcome to Straight Talk Wrestling, the newest member of the Straight Talk family, Roxy. How are you, my dear? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So right off the bat, like I said, I picked you and Trisha Dora to go into the finals. I really wanted that match. And I was able to actually sit down with Trish midway through the tournament. And she really loved the fact that it could potentially be you too, because I figured two amazing young talents, the world is their oysters. Either one of these ladies could lead the division. And you know what? She didn't make it, but that's okay. You did. And that match with Miranda, I got to be honest with you. I'm a girl dad. As we talked before I pushed record, I'm a girl dad. And um, seeing you win and seeing your stepdad come in the ring and you guys share that moment, all the girl dads out there, I don't care who they are. They could be as tough as nails. Nobody had a dry eye in the house. I know I didn't. I was at home. <laughs> I had tears streaming down my face. I'm like, oh my God, it's beautiful. But I know my daughter asked you this, but I mean, to share a moment like that with your dad, like you mentioned before we recorded, four girls. And you're kind of the uh, the one who went the kind of tomboy route. You loved wrestling. You wanted to do wrestling, all that stuff. To, for him to see you achieve your dream so early on with so many more years ahead of you, how was that? Just that little sprinkle to see him in the, be there to, to share that moment with you. It was so special. Um, my stepdad came into my life when I was about three years old. And uh, my real dad was never a part of my life. So uh, he's always been like so supportive. And uh, I he's literally, he's my dad. Like I consider him my dad. And uh, from the beginning, he, he had been a wrestling fan when he was younger. So he thought it was pretty cool that I kind of got into wrestling. Um, he took me to my first first uh, indie show he took me to my first WWE show um even like my when I started actually taking bookings um he always tried to be at my shows he's a firefighter and a paramedic so sometimes he would kind of like show up in the ambulance at my show just to like catch my match and I'm like okay I'm out and so he's always been like so supportive and he's always been there and so to have him like be able to come in the ring and like share that moment with me and kind of like a full circle moment uh, because he's the first person that I told, like, I want to be a professional wrestler. And so it's just, this is so amazing. And I'm pretty sure a couple of tears were rolling down his face. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what you had, you had quite the tournament, man. I mean, right off the bat, they threw you right into the fire. You had to go up against Sumi Sakai, who's like a legend in this business. And if nobody knows who she is, please do your research because she is a legend. Uh, then Quinn McKay, upcomer. She's also like the backstage correspondent, if you will. Again, not an easy challenge by any standpoint because she had to prove she deserved to be there. And then you had Angelina Love, arguably one of the legends in ROH. Hands down, she's been around for quite some time. And then you got to go up against Miranda Alizé. Out of all four of those women, and I mean, I watched the tournament from beginning to end. All the matches, like I said, you had, you did not have the easiest route to get there, but you did. Out of all the matches, which one would you say was your toughest opponent? Ooh. Um, probably Miranda for the, uh, in the finals, um, because that was, I think that match was like 20 minutes long. 
Mm -hmm. um and it was super back and forth and uh it was it was pretty tough um so I, probably that match I'm like kind of debating between her and Sumi because uh as well as Sumi like that was the the first match that I had in the tournament and uh like I said I was kind of thrown into the wolves because I was like she's a freaking legend she was the first woman of honor champion so uh yeah that was pretty nerve-wracking because it was just like okay I'm trying to be the first Ring of Honor World Champion, and I'm going up against the first Woman of Honor Champion. So it's like she won that last tournament, and it's like, okay, like let's see if I can pull this off. But um, on the indies, like I was kind of thrown into a lot of crazy matches like that, like uh, being very young. Like I think I wrestled Jazz when I was like 16 or 17 um, on the independent scene. So um, I think experiences like that kind of helped me uh, for this tournament just because like because of the fact that I was thrown into all these like matches with all these super experienced women I was kind of a little bit more ready when I was thrown into matches with like Sumi and Angelina I, I would think that I would say that's safe to say and you know what actually speaking of jazz she's a legend she's actually one of my all-time favorites uh next to I would I would rank her up there my top five females in no particular order I'd put her up there I'd put obviously Medusa Alundra Blaze uh, I'd put just Trish status because I'm Canadian, got to rep Canada. I put Natty Nineheart and I definitely would put China up there in the four. That's a good list. <laughs> right? I, I, listen, I'm a girl dad, but I'm also very pro women's wrestling because the minute my daughters were born, I wanted to show them how strong women could be and that women are not second class citizens. They are first and foremost. And not only can they kick ass and look good doing it, but they can change the world. And if we haven't realized anything in the last four years, women have changed arguably the most male-dominated sport in history. And they have made it so not only where they're competing, but they're outdoing. And I'll, I'll put that on wax. I've, I love wrestling through and through everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. But when it comes down to it, to what I see the young women in this sport doing today, nothing short of amazing. And we can add you to that list. I mean... To get nicknamed the prodigy, you really, really have to earn it. And again, you started at 13, actually wanted to start at 10. And you progressed and you got trained by like Gino Medina, who's arguably one of the best young talents out there right now, and a legend like Booker T. So I got to ask this question. Out of the two, who was the tougher on you in terms of pushing you to achieve what you needed to achieve because they saw in you? what now the rest of the world already knows. Ooh, um, probably Gino Medina because uh, I, I spent a little more time with him mostly because uh, Booker T, uh, he's like kind of like in and out, but um, uh, Gino Medina is like super tough and just like everybody there. Um, he, even if you're doing like really good, he's like, well, you could do better. And I feel like that's such a good mindset to have because it's like you never want to think that you're uh, that you're done like learning things like you always want to keep learning and keep learning. That's how you can get better. Like um, even like top women's wrestlers, I'm pretty sure they're still learning. Um, but yeah, like he's been a super big help, like uh, whether it be like like when it comes to like mental things or like entering shape and all of that, like he's he's amazing. So you mentioned never stop learning. And I consider this to be an interesting point because I consider those to be like level up moments. Um, you know, moments of, uh, he kept pushing you to get better, Gino. 
So I consider those to be like level up moments. And there's a great local wrestler from here in Ontario named Holden Albright. When I sat down with him, he mentioned level up moments where you reach that ceiling, but then you punch through. So obviously winning the ROH women's world title level up moment for sure. But anything before then, in terms of, like you said, you mentioned being in the ring with jazz at such a young age, preparing you for this tournament. Was there anything leading up to the tournament that you considered to be another level up moment to get you fully focused on the task at hand? Yeah, um, there's two moments that came to mind when you asked that. Uh, for one, uh, I wrestled high on at Reality of Wrestling for the Diamonds Division Championship. And uh, I made history by becoming their youngest at 18 years old. And that was a very full circle moment for me because when when I first said that I wanted to become a professional wrestler I was like looking up wrestling schools in Texas and I found Booker T's and I literally told my parents when I turn 18 I'm going to move to Houston and start training at reality wrestling to become a wrestler and they were like okay and then um I ended up getting like it, it, I ended up getting trained earlier than expected and made a history at 18 at their promotion. So it was kind of very crazy. And it was kind of like moments like those is just like, whoa, like I need to keep going because I can do so much more. Um, another one was uh, me wrestling Diana uh, back in, um, I believe it was April uh, for the Knockouts Championship. And again, that was so crazy to me because I've had, uh, I believe, I'm not sure if I had one or two, but I had like two tryout matches for Impact. Um, and then like a year later, I'm wrestling Diana for their knockouts division championship. Like that was very crazy to me. And all of these moments are just like, like I said, like just just moments where I'm just like, I need to keep going because um, it, it's so cool. Like me doing so much at such a young age. And I think it's so cool just because I am able to show younger little girls like this is so possible, you know? Absolutely. And it's got to be, it's got to be surreal. Like you, for full circle moments, I feel like you are, you and I are on this wavelength. We're just killing this interview right now, but full, <laughs> full, full circle moments. Like you talked about showing young girls that this is possible. Like you're 19, you're not a veteran, but you speak so much like you're wise beyond your years. So in terms of any little girls out there or even little boys out there that are a fan of you and what you're doing and the inspiration that you're showing, what would be one piece of advice that you could pass on. I mean, you knew at 10 years old, I didn't even know at 10 years old what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. But at 10, you're like, nope, this is it. I got it. I figured it out. And that's huge. That shows, again, maturity. At 10 years old, you're like, I know my life plan. This is it. So if all any kid out there that's trying to figure it out, what would be the one piece of advice that you might pass on? Um, so uh, one of my other trainers, uh, his, uh, I'm sure you know him, his name's Daga. And um, one of the pieces of advice that stuck with me until this day was he told me that wrestling is like a roller coaster. The wrestling journey is like a roller coaster. There's going to be moments where you're up here and there's going to be moments where you're down here. But uh, as long as you stay humble and you stay dedicated, like that is going to take you very, very far. And um, it did. And I think that that like a lot of people kind of wonder like she's 19 like how is she doing all this at such a young age and it's like I I've just been it's so dedicated throughout the years regardless of what anybody else had to say whether it was oh like you can't do it or oh you're too young or oh like they didn't take me serious because of my age it was like okay like I'm gonna show you guys and I'm gonna prove myself right that 
regardless of anything, like I can make everything happen and I can make all my visions like come to life. Well, you definitely have. And I mean, anybody that said those words, they've definitely either taken them back or choked on them. So good for you <laughs> for proving karma. And it's interesting to me that you also mentioned staying humble. I kind of live my life like that. I actually um, went ahead and tweeted it out a long time ago, just when getting this podcast started, because it's been five years and I've talked to some amazing people, but um, the journey's nowhere near over. And I'm just excited to see what the next five years and the next 10 years bring. But um, I tweeted out, if you stay humble, good things will come. If you get an ego in this business, you deserve to fail. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. Some people took it for what it was. Some people took it as an attack on them. Now, the people that took it as an attack on them, it's because they secretly probably had an ego. And I might have tweaked a nerve. But to all <laughs> the haters that are out there still saying, well, how is she doing all this at 19? I mean, now's the platform. If you had a chance, you have free will. This is like your purge. Nothing can happen to you. If you wanted to say anything to those haters that you've already shown what you can do, is there anything else you want to say? Or are we just going to let your work and your resume now speak for itself? I would, uh, I would show them my ring of honor women's world championship. <laughs> I'd be like, look at this though. <laughs> Absolutely. I read another interesting factoid and I'm not sure if this is true or not because the internet, it's not always a hundred percent. It's very rare that it is a hundred percent but you've wrestled over 40 matches this year alone. Is that true? Um, honestly, I don't know. Uh, I think Ring of Honor kind of like uh, went through and kind of looked up and see and like saw how many matches I had. I wasn't keeping count, but honestly, probably because I wrestle almost like every weekend. <laughs> um, but I love it. Like I love, I love wrestling. So I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll wrestle for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So what, what were some of your early influences? Like, I guess we're going all over the place in this conversation. That's great. Cause I don't do Roxy. I don't do interviews. I do conversations. You and I are just shooting the breeze. We're having a Love good time. It. So early on influences, who do you got male or female? Who was your inspiration? Uh, sorry about my dog. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, hey. Come here. I don't like that. Hey, come here. Come here. Um, Definitely, the, my first favorite wrestler was The Rock. I was obsessed with The Rock. And I was actually, like, I loved him because of his movies. Uh, and then he's actually kind of what got me into professional wrestling. Because uh, he's, like, he's just so, like, out of this world. And also, like, when I was younger, I was in theater for a long time. Um, and so, like, I think, like, all these out-of-this-world characters kind of, like, drew me in. And I was like, whoa, what is this? Uh, just for a second. Can I get out real quick? No problem. I'm just gonna keep them on my left for now. Yeah, so The Rock, rock definitely. Um, I was a huge fan of Sam Punk and Sheamus. For some reason, I loved Sheamus. <laughs> uh, and my favorite women's wrestler was AJ Lee and, uh, and Paige as well. That is, some, that is some amazingness to live up to. And you know what? CM Punk's back in the ring. We know that. He's back. He's doing his thing. I mean, AJ could not be far off. Wouldn't it be amazing if you could tangle with one of your all-time favorites? That would be something, right? That would be so wild if I could just step in the ring with AJ or Paige. Like, I know Paige, is, uh, she was injured, but you never know. I mean, Daniel Bryan came back from 
uh, an injury as well as edge. So anything's possible nowadays with technology and everything they're doing, anything and everything is possible. And um, you've, again, you, you're well, you can add yourself to that list of, of showing and proving that anything is a hundred percent possible. Now, my daughter, the mini host, the better of the podcast host between the two of us, I know she's better than me. I accept it. I accept it. She asked <laughs> me in terms of how you would elevate the division. So if ROH came to you tomorrow and was like, all right, we're really going to up the ante on this. We want to see uh, ladder matches. We want to see steel cage matches. We want to see you really be a fighting champion. Is that something you, you could be ready for? Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, I did like, a, I, I think I've, I've done two hardcore matches. Uh, one was against Sue Young and I was 17. And then I had one uh, this year against Masha um, and I got thrown into a door. <laughs> so um, I, I'm down. <laughs> I'd love, I've always wanted to be in like ladder matches and steel cage matches and things like that. Um, so yeah, hopefully. Wow, you're you're one of the few people that I've ever met that have said, "Yeah, like I can't wait to to really see how far I can take my body into punishment." <laughs> so good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned Masha Slamovich. I'm assuming that's who you said. Yeah, the hardcore match yes. against. She is hands down one of my favorite people in this business. I've had her on the show a couple of times, and uh, well, she's a sweetheart, but she's she's completely badass. So I got to ask this because now I have to go try to find clips of that match. Did she pull out the crutch wrapped in barbed wire? Did that get to be used or no? She did not. No. And I would have cried if she did. <laughs> <laughs> I have a picture of her hanging on my wall of, of celebrities, which one day I hope to add, hope to add you to the collection. Yes. So if we ever meet in person, I'm going to have to snag an autograph for sure. But I got a picture of her holding up a crutch and it's wrapped in barbed wire and she's biting it. It's probably my favorite photo on the wall. And just because Masha is Masha, she signed it to my wife, not to me. So it says uh, to, to Sasha, you know, love Masha Slamovich. And I'm like, awesome. Thank you. You're amazing. She's like, I, I know you. I don't want to, I don't want to sign an autograph for you. I want to sign an autograph for somebody else. Awesome. That's great. So that's She's shout so cool. out. That's, that's my little Masha Slamovich story right there. <laughs> but you, um, you mentioned uh, Trisha Dore as somebody you'd like to jump right into defending the title against. And I think that's an excellent matchup, but I feel like you and Trish, your styles are so different yet so similar that, I mean, obviously she, she has the power game, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You're no slouch either. I saw you throw Miranda all over that ring uh, during that match. So you've got power as well, but what's one advantage you think, and I'm not asking you to give away strategy. If that ever comes to fruition, you do face her, but what's one advantage you think you may have over Trisha door. If you were to, if you two were to ever meet in the ring. Oof. I know. I asked the tough questions, eh? I really yeah. do. Yeah. I have to think about that. Um, I think, like, for me, I think, like, being the prodigy means that uh, I, I can pull out anything from my back pocket. Um, so, like, someone may be um, a striker or... Uh, a submission specialist or uh, you know like a, a luchador but I kind of have like a mix of like everything so I like take things from there and there and there and I feel like that's what makes me different as a wrestler is that I can pull out all these things I can pull out some lucha moves I can pull out some strikes uh, I, I love pure wrestling so I can chain um, so yeah like uh, and I think that that's I think 
being trained by all these different people helped me in that aspect of like I'm the prodigy. I I have a lot of tricks under my sleep. <laughs> That's true. You know what? You did mention that. And, and now thinking back to the Miranda Ali's match, uh, so many different levels. Of uh, there was the chain wrestling, there was the suicide dives, there was the the risk takers, there was everything kind of mixed in, and um, it was rightfully deserved. And I gotta say, the coolest thing, what I love about ROH is that it. It is uh, one of the, you know, top 10 promotions in North America, hands down for sure. And, but I love how they still stay so indie that it's great to me, especially with the streamers. So, you know, you won, the streamers start getting thrown like typical ROH show. How was that moment? Like, yeah, I mean, mom and dad came in the ring. There were special embraces between both you and your parents, which was awesome to see. But how was it to have the ROH faithful? throw the streamers in when you're having that moment and you're staring at that title and you just went through four matches and you gave it your all. And now you could say, I'm the first forever. You and that title are linked in time because your name is etched as the first ever to hear that, to hear that now, how does that, that's got to resonate. It, even, it, it gives me the chills like now, like literally, um, it, it's crazy because uh, during the show, I think they they like aired um, Mine and Miranda's promo like at, at the beginning of the show. And the, I could hear the fans from backstage like they started chanting my name. And I was like, I was like, what? What is going on? And uh, it, it gave me like the chills. And then when that happened and I won, um, uh, there was like, like, literal like tears because I was just like this is crazy um it's crazy because you know I wrestled for Ring of Honor a few times before that but in front of like an empty arena and so it was kind of nerve-wracking because it's like oh like do, do the Ring of Honor fans like me um are they gonna be like, like it was just a lot of like like mixed emotions and then when I when I won and the streamers were out and they started chanting my name and uh, they started chanting like you deserve it and I was just like what like this is it just like melted my heart because it was just raw emotion it was like this is real like like I've worked so hard and then like moments like that it just it just it reminds me why I fell in love with professional wrestling in the first place and hearing stories like that um, remind me of why I fell in love with professional wrestling it's it's literally the the amazing uh, your trainer mentioned you about it being a roller coaster, but what an emotional roller coaster. One minute you could sit there screaming at the TV, losing your shit as a fan. Be I can't fuck him. That stupid ref. What a moron. How come he didn't, he didn't, she didn't see it. I don't understand. And then you see the heel, they're grabbing the chair and you're like, come on. And you're just looking at the face and you're like, just turn around, turn around, see the chair. <laughs> For God's sakes, I want to, you want to go in the ring and you just want to spin them and be like, look, you see what's happening? It's going to, they're going to hurt you. And it, it could be exhausting, but I could tell you this much. The first time I saw you wrestle one of those empty arena matches, uh, my daughter was with me and we both looked at each other and she's like, dad, she's awesome. I hope we get her one day. So you know what? Look at that. I could say check mark. We did it. We did it. We got Roxy on Straight Talk, and we still have a, a, a lot more time left. So um, what was it like when you went backstage? Obviously, everyone's clapping, hugging, cheering. Who was the first person that you called on the phone? Because mom and dad were already in the building. So did you call your other three sisters next? Uh, did you call one of your trainers next? Like when the phone, or better yet, better question. 
what was the first message that you saw? Was it from a fan? Was it from a trainer? Was it from a family, a friend? When you walk back there and you're just, you're in a moment, you're having that moment to yourself in the locker room with the title and you looked over, you grabbed your phone. What was the first message that you saw? It was actually uh, Gino Melina <laughs> and he sent me a text that he was like, you're effing amazing. And I was just like, ah, it's crazy. Cause like, it's like people that it, like kind of like started with and then like, he's taught me so much. And uh, I remember a few months ago, like I was going through like a really, really tough time uh, personally. And uh, I remember I was in the ring with him and we were doing like some, some blow up drills and uh, it was just me and him. And, and I literally like broke down and I was just like, I can't like, and I started crying. And um, I remember he told me, he's like blood, sweat and tears. And that like stuck with me because it's so true. You hear people saying like blood, sweat and tears, but it's real. And like when, when moments like that happen, like, like I came to the back and the whole roster was like lined up like side by side and they were all clapping for me and like I literally like it, it still gives me chills and makes me want to cry like right now because it's just like it's it's so amazing to have all this support from just like everyone like I'm I'm the baby of Ring of Honor like, I'm kind of like I guess not the rookie right but uh I'm the newbie and to have everyone support and like to just see that like everybody like lined up to congratulate me it was it was so special <laughs> Absolutely. One of the one of the special moments for me as a fan was not only seeing that real emotion uh, that you carried in that ring that night, seeing that crowd saying you deserve it because you absolutely did deserve it. Uh, my favorite moment was seeing one of my personal favorite women in wrestling of all time, Maria Canales in the ring, hand you the title. And it was like a passing of the torch moment. This is from a diva who had to scratch and claw for camera time had to fight to if you run a pay-per-view unfortunately you were in a brawn panties match or in a playboy bunnies match or something degrading like that and to see full circle her not only uh running this whole tournament but to see her handing it to you 19 the world is your i'm gonna swear right now and you can swear on the show too so it's okay <laughs> the world is your fucking oyster and you did it you absolutely did it i'm not even related to you but for being a girl dad, proud dad moment for me. <laughs> but it's full, it's full circle. It's full circle, Roxy. You have an OG that fought for everything that you guys all have today. That she, she, I, when I sat down with her, she said, greatest quote I've ever heard, the first ones through the wall are the bloodiest. She's like, people don't understand what that generation of divas had to go through, what we had to do. And now all of us are no longer with that organization. And yet all around the world in wrestling, Women, like I said earlier, are not only the main event, they are outdoing everyone. Do you feel, being a woman professional wrestler, that you all still have that chip on your shoulder, that you still have to outdo? Or do you now all feel like you are respected in wrestling? I feel like it's kind of like a 50-50, a, a um, but I don't know, like, like you said, like, they had to go through so much and um like so much like you i heard all these stories just about like i mean the women were very sexualized like years ago and like maria was a part of it and then uh like a lot of the guys didn't take the women seriously and they kind of saw them they like 
kind of went the same route and kind of sexualized them and, and they just had to go through so much but all they wanted to do was be a professional wrestler and uh, it wasn't as easy as it is now and I like am so grateful for people like Maria who like kind of broke down those those glass ceilings and kind of like helped us like they paved the way for us and like how Maria hand that title to me was so special because she's believed in me she's had so much belief in me for some reason like she I was the first match to bring back the ring of honor division and then I was I, I was given the first ticket to gold by her and like I remember um I think it was like a few months prior to the to the tournament or maybe like a month before the tournament um I didn't know that uh Maria really knew who I was and um there's my, I was staying with my aunt and my uncle at the time. And uh, my uncle was like a huge wrestling fan. And I remember when I saw that, um, I showed it to him and cause sorry, I didn't explain, but she did an interview and uh, she, she talked about me and she was like, oh, Roxy, she's from Texas and she's so rooted in the ground. And she reminds me of like a young Diana or a young Becky uh, is what she said. And I literally like, there's a video of it and you can see where I turned to him and I'm like, Becky Lynch, like, what? Like, Deanna, what? This is Maria? Like, I didn't even know she knew who I was. <laughs> I was like freaking out. And then like, here it is a month later, I'm getting a call. Do you want to be, uh, do you want to have the first ticket to gold? Yes. <laughs> so it was, it's just like so crazy. Um, but yeah, I think that this women's division there's so many talented women in this women's division and Maria's giving us all the, the opportunity to, to kind of like let us show the world what we're capable of. And uh, I feel like Ring of Honor is a perfect place because it's like, it's pure wrestling. Um, so yeah, we all, get, we all get to show everybody like, we could do, we could do this if not better than the boys. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I can't disagree with everything you're saying. Are you sure you're 19? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I fully believe that. I, I, I feel like maybe outside you're 19, but I feel like inside you're like 50 and you've been around and you've seen so much. And I mean that as a, as an absolute compliment, nothing less than that. I mean, you are so I've wise. Yeah. <laughs> you an are, old soul. <laughs> yes, you are. You're an old soul. And you know what? I, I, I feel like my daughter's the same way. Like uh, her and I, um, recently I just exposed her to like, I'm exposed to taking her back. I was exposing her to Motown because I was raised on Motown. I love old school Motown temptations, Sam cook, that whole era. And I just exposed her to Sam cook. And she's like, now she's like obsessed. She's like, Hey dad, you know this song? I'm like, yeah, I know that song, buddy. She's like, yeah, well, you know this song? I'm like, yeah, dude, everybody knows that song. It's like almost literally a hundred years old, that music. So yeah, I know all that stuff. She's like, oh, I'm going to find a Sam cook song. You don't know. And I'm like, I doubt it. I really do. I doubt it. They, everybody out there kind of already knows all his music. But it's so cool to see her like experiencing these these things for the first time. Like I'm not gonna lie, uh, we we showed her uh, straight out of Compton. We showed her that movie because NWA is one of my all time favorite favorite rap groups, and um, she didn't realize the the turmoil that just happened 40 years ago. She's like, I can't believe that. I go, yeah. I go. The sad thing is, buddy, is that we really haven't come much further than 40 years ago. 30 years ago we haven't come much further as a society as a whole there's still all this negativity around us and it's so cool because at that moment when she's she's an old soul but at the same time she's still a new soul she'll just look at me she goes i understand why people can't get along and it's such it's such a pure answer it's such a childlike answer 
And I just, I don't hold back when it comes to my kid. I'm very honest in the way I raise her. My wife and I both were very honest in letting her know what's going on in the world. And I just looked at her, I said, because buddy, no matter where you live, there's always going to be good and evil. There's always going to be love. There's always going to be hate. It's unavoidable. And you just have to rise. You have yourself as a person have to rise above it. Then if you rise above it, 12 other people may rise above it. And then those 12 may turn into a thousand. Thousand may turn into 10,000. That's 000. so true. It is. It, it's, it's the simplest answer. And uh, as soon as I said that, I just, I saw the light click and she's like, cool. Good night, dad. And then she just went up there <laughs> like it was nothing. But um, in terms of being that old soul, is there, um, is there anything that uh, you, you consider to be classic Roxy? Like if you're home on a Sunday and you're not wrestling, I know you said you wrestle every weekend, but let's say you have the rare Sunday off. What's Roxy do? Does Roxy get up in the morning? Does Roxy have herself a cup of coffee or a, a cup of tea or whatever she chooses to drink in the morning, sit down, make some bacon and eggs, read the morning paper, and then soak in a bubble bath for six hours? Or does Roxy get up, tie her hair, run like a marathon for like 13 kilometers, then come back and chug a protein shake? Like what does Roxy do when Roxy has nothing to do? Um. Yeah, I wake up, I like to get my coffee. Um, I, I go to the gym every day, so uh, it's kind of like a stress reliever for me, but um, I have a puppy now, <laughs> so he's like, they're not wrong when they say like puppies are literal children. <laughs> I'm like, wow, <laughs> and he's in the phase of like barking and biting, and he's the one that wakes me up in the morning, um, but yeah, um, I, I've always been like a huge dog person, so I'm a dog mom. <laughs> Nice. And so what yeah, kind of I love to it? like. Uh, it's a Chihuahua and a Yorkie mix. Oh, oh, it's it's a small, yappy dog. Yes, look. His name is Gohan. Okay. <laughs> Come here. I think he hates me right now because uh, you'll see. Come here. Oh, God. Come here. Oh, now he's now okay, he's he doesn't he doesn't want to come up. <laughs> yeah, he's like. <laughs> That's awesome. We have, we have a uh, Maltese poodle. So she's about this big. She weighs about six pounds. And um, she loves everyone in the house but me. <laughs> Why? I, okay. So I, my wife and, if my wife and my daughter were here, they would tell you that I, I pick fights with her. So like, I'll pick her up on the couch. Because <laughs> she's a diva. She won't get up on her own. So I have to pick her up. I'll put her on like my, you know, if I'm laying down, I'll put her on my chest or whatever. And then uh, she'll start like licking my t-shirts, like flick her nose. And then she kind of bites my finger. And then I flick her nose again. And then before you know it, the two of us are like, we're at each other. Like I've got her, I've got her, like her teeth are on my hand and I'm picking her up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I admit it. I'll put it out there for the world. I am a dog person through and through, but I instigate it with her just because she's so small. <laughs> And she's got, she's got small dog syndrome. You know, you've got a small dog. They see a big dog from afar, they bark. As soon as you get them up close, yeah. oh, they're little chicken shits. This literally happened yesterday because next door, there's a German shepherd. Okay. And uh, yeah, and this dude, he thinks he's a big dog for some reason. Um, but he like heard him and he starts barking and he runs out. And then he sees how big he is and he's like, oh, crap he runs under the truck and he starts crying he's like crying so loud i'm like you think you're tough huh <laughs> oh small dog syndrome you gotta love it <laughs> you absolutely gotta love it what about what's your because traveling 
like a lot of times it's very hard to eat healthy and eat right. So what do you try to do in terms of, or should I say, if you have a cheat meal on the road, what's your cheat meal? I've had some wrestlers tell me they'll stop at Burger King at two in the morning and scarf down a Whopper because it's so damn good. Some wrestlers will say they'll stop at a Denny's for steak and eggs in the morning. So what's, you know, you're on the road. Let's say I'm driving. We're, we're, we're driving on the road together. Okay. We just finished a show and I'm like, oh man, I'm hungry. And you're like, okay, George, boom, let's pull in here. I want to eat this. What's the go-to like, and I'm talking like unhealthy food. Don't give me like salad wraps or something. Okay. Oh, no, I'm a huge junk person. Uh, I love like chili candy. I love ice cream. I love donuts. My favorite donut is a Boston cream donut. So I'll either, we'll either like stop at Bucky's because um, I love Bucky's so much. I don't know if you've ever been, no. but it is this humongous gas station. And it's, it literally looks like, like, um, like a grocery store, um, but it has like everything. And so I'll go there and I'll get some candies. I'll get some ice cream. They have a dipping Dots there. Um, or I'll stop at like McDonald's and I'm obsessed with their McFlurries. <laughs> uh, they came, I love their Oreo McFlurry and they came out with a Chips Ahoy McFlurry. And I was like, what? <laughs> it just blew your so, mind, eh? Just blew your mind. Yeah. I was like, what? Okay. Okay. Not bad. I like it. Me, my go-to is if I'm on a late night or I'm coming back from like watching a show or coming back from doing commentary because I do some local commentary down here, uh, I will stop at McDonald's. But I will get um, a McDouble, but I'll dress it like a Big Mac. So it's like, I, I call it, a, I mean, I'm not the one who invented it, but I found it from somebody else. And I just, I myself call it the Mini Mac. So it's like a McDouble, but it's dressed like a Big Mac. But it gives you that flavor of a Big Mac without like the stack of bread. So it, it's- I'm going to have to try that. Yeah, you, next time you're out, Mini Mac. And when you do, all I ask is that you take a picture of it, post on Instagram and tag me and be like, straight talk. This is truth. This is the absolute truth. I got you. You said again. It's so it's a. It's a McDouble. So you order yes. a McDouble, but when you order it, you tell them, I want it dressed like a Big Mac. So they'll put the pickles, the lettuce, the cheese, and the Big Mac sauce. And then it's, it's literally, oh, it's the best thing in the world. It now, see, now he's barking because now we're talking about burgers. He's barking. Come here. Come here. Come here. There's a dog out there. He's barking. Uh, oh. But this is him. <laughs> oh, what a cutie, man. This is probably uh, why he hates me. Because. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you put the oh, you put a candy corn bow tie on the poor thing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, this is. I'm going to gonna use this as the clip when I promote this episode. Because it's going to drop in mid-October. <laughs> I'm going to use this clip of how you. Oh, the poor dog with the candy corn. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm really sorry, buddy. I can't help you, dude. I can't help you. <laughs> Are you going to dress him up for Halloween? Are you going to put him in like a taco costume? To. I really want to. Uh, I've had like, well, back home, I had, my mom is a huge dog person. So she had like eight dogs. <laughs> yeah. Eight dogs and four girls. Jesus, your dad. My dad that's probably why my dad is always at work. <laughs> He's either at the that. fire station or uh, at the hospital. Uh, yeah, to just get away from all of that. So I'm like, hey, hey uh, don't you want to go home? No, no, you know what? I'm going to pick up a double shift tonight because uh, all the daughters <laughs> are home. All the dogs are there. And I just, I can't deal with it. And he's not really a dog person, but he uh, loves my mom. So he's like, well, I guess that's another one. All right, yeah, okay, cool. All right, I love you. 
and you come with the <laughs> dog. So, all right, I love you. Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll suffer through. So, um, Stop. what? Uh, since we're in the spooky season and Halloween, it's here, right? You're going to drop third week of October, literally a, a week or so, week and a half out before Halloween. Do you have a go-to scary movie? Who? Um, I love The Shining. I don't know if you've watched it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like I top 10 movie. all time. Yeah, it's amazing. I love Stephen King. Uh, he's he's awesome. But um, I actually went to the um, the hotel that they filmed it at in Colorado. Yeah, oh, you're like my best friend now. That's it. It's over. <laughs> it's over. The did, you, did, you stay, did you stay in the hotel? I did not, but I did do the tour. But I don't think I could stay there. I would. I would stay, I'm not going to lie. I would stay there in like a second. I would. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm all about that. All about that creepy stuff. I love it. I love, I love my skin crawling. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's like the coolest feeling in the world, yet it grosses me out, but I still love it. <laughs> I love it when I get that chill down the back of my neck. It's the best. Um, the Shining is an absolute classic. But for me, uh, I, am a, uh, I am a Michael Myers freak. Uh, and other than the two debacles that Rob Zombie did, I felt he ruined the franchise. He sucks as a director. But um, I will say that Michael Myers is my go-to. And a distant second would be Nightmare on Elm Street. I was thinking that. I was thinking that Freddy Krueger. I love that. I love that. Yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. You can't go wrong with a man with knives for hands. I mean, think about it. He's the perfect date. You go to a steak restaurant, <laughs> you got trouble cutting your steak, he'll take care of it for you. It's That's no true. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> you got, that's, how, that's how I tell my daughter. Like, now I'm exposing her to horror movies and I'm telling her. <clears throat> Just think of them in funny situations. So picture Michael Myers baking a cake. Not so scary now. Sure. Picture Jason climbing a tree in Jamaica or Mexico to grab a coconut and then cut it with a machete. Not so scary now. Picture Freddy Cougar <laughs> going to the bathroom and then figuring out which hand he's got to use because he doesn't want to use the wrong hand. Be all kinds of problems. All kinds. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Final question. I'm going to let you go enjoy your evening before you shout out your socials. But I do want to take this time now to thank you and tell you you are a member of the Straight Talk family. So anytime you want to do this again, it would be an absolute honor and privilege to have you. And um, I do follow you on social media. So uh, once I get your, once the rest of the world gets your socials, I'll shout out mine. If I can get a follow from Roxy, if I can get a follow yes. from the Prodigy, that makes everything that makes it amazing. Just an amazing end to a great day. I got you. I got but you. But my final question, um, looking at women as a whole right now and all the champions represented in each company. So you got Britt Baker and AEW. You've got uh, Becky Lynch, WWE. You've also got um, Charlotte Flair, WWE. There's your two women. Uh, you've got, um, <clears throat> excuse me, you've got Deanna Parazzo and Impact. And, uh, you know, then you've got yourself. That's uh, that's a hell of a group to be in. Now, we know that there's a forbidden door thing that's happening. People are crossing barriers all the time in this business. If you had an opportunity to work with any of the fellow women's champions that are out there right now, who would you like to take your pick with to have, the, have, have a one-on-one -on -one match? Out of all those women that I mentioned, that there's some that I might have forgotten. If I had, I apologize. But I'm just thinking off the top of my head. But all those ladies. Out of those women, I would choose uh, Becky Lynch. 
she's she's been one of my favorites for a while too um so the fact that you kind of like brought up my name alongside with hers is crazy um but yeah I that's one of my dream matches stepping in the ring with Becky Lynch um I want to step in the ring again with Yana Perrazzo. I stepped in the ring with her, like I said, for the knockout uh, championship. So I don't know, who knows, maybe we'll do it again. Um, but yeah, uh, oh, that's crazy. Like just hearing my name with all those women. Um, recently I was put on the PWI for the first time uh, and I was uh, the third, it was, it was like the weekly um, ratings and I was third in the world and I was alongside like Charlotte and Becky and Diana and all these amazing women and I was just like what what is my name what <laughs> uh, it's crazy it is but you I assure you from a fan perspective and for someone who's loved wrestling as long as I have who's exposed my whole family the reason I put a ring on my wife's finger is because on her first date she told me she loved pro wrestling it was over I looked her, <laughs> like, I'm not even lying to you I looked her straight in the eye on her first date I said I'm gonna marry you five years <laughs> Five years later, we walked down the aisle. Oh. <laughs> so, absolutely. And that was a dream come true for me. That's my that's my one-on-one -on -one for life. If I could wrestle around with anyone in the world, it'd be my wife. And 99% of the time, she would win. She's a lot stronger than she looks. And that's because and then she, that's why she's helped me raise two strong, beautiful women. So I think I like how I, you said she would win. I like that. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not, no bones about it. Me in my younger days, I could, I could, I could take it to her, but I still think she'd win. Now, hands down, she'd win. My shoulders are <laughs> shot. I, my, I have no muscle tone anymore. It's over. Forget it. I, I, I can accept defeat. I can. Um, but you deserve to be in that group, and uh, the star, the, your star is going to continue to shine bright, and the future is bright. And I'm just, I'm going to enjoy the ride as long as you're, you're, you're leading the roller coaster. I'm excited to see where it goes. And, uh, I can't wait to see what the future holds next for you and to see how you represent and elevate that new, newly formed division. So kudos to you. Okay. And now, please, if anyone's like stupid enough not to be following you, please tell them where they can follow you and your poor dog with the candy corn bow tie. So you can follow me and my poor, poor dog um, at underscore ROKC on Instagram, uh, Roxy underscore on Twitter, uh, Roxy on Facebook. And then I do have a pro wrestling tea store, Roxy. Okay. So, and then uh, I have two shirts on Shop of Honor. So that's so cool. I have my first piece of Ring of Honor merch. Um, but yeah, go support absolutely and uh because it's my show and i'm a glutton for self-promotion straight talk wrestling pretty much everywhere on youtube don't forget to subscribe below if you're watching this video go back through the archives and watch everything else that we've done straight talk wrestling on instagram straight talk wrestling on facebook and at underscore straight talk on twitter i follow you across all platforms except for twitter and that's my bad i'm going to fix that right when we hang up but uh again if i can get a follow from the prodigy if the prodigy meets the other prodigy of podcasting that's crazy right that's crazy that and, is crazy <laughs> yeah, and the mini host has an instagram as well it's the mini host so yeah uh, i'll follow it awesome fantastic and as always roxy thank you so much and don't forget you are officially a member of the straight talk family <laughs> anytime you want to come back it would be an absolute honor and keep elevating keep changing the game keep those eyes on you and keep your star shining bright because uh I'll put a stamp on it now, and then we could go back 25 years from now. You're a Hall of Famer. 
the stars, the Thank you. <laughs> sky is the limit for you. So go enjoy your evening and do me a favor. Just take him out of the bow tie for like half an hour. Just give him <laughs> half an hour, please. Okay, fine. Okay, half an hour. That's all I ask. Just, just get let, I bet you that's why he's barking so much. Cause he's like, I'm trying to stand toe to toe with these dogs. And I got this thing around my neck. Why don't you put like a spiked collar on him? he's so mad he's like trying to find this chihuahua he has his bow tie on he's trying to he's sticking the bow tie in the screen door and he's trying to yank it off just so he can have some peace oh poor little guy oh. uh, poor little guy and poor eight dogs at your mom's house if she dresses them up too okay listen don't don't put him in a halloween costume for halloween this year you know what rocks you know what his halloween costume should be check it out it'll blow your mind a dog just let him be a dog Okay. okay I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. Enjoy your evening. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my league. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going.